0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. I talked about an article from the Free Thought Project where there apparently are more than 20. I had a list of 23, uh, but more than 20 just in the past, mm, at least this year, the past couple of months. uh, 20 food processing or distribution plants have burned, like, severely, like, burned down to the ground, or uh, one of them had a plane crash into it, and uh, one of them had a boiler explode. And so the question was, is this common? Well, if it's more than two planes, it's definitely the Saudis. Well, and I heard, and I don't... I I wasn't able to find it, but I heard that another plane crashed into another food plant or processing place, so... Mystery solved. We know who done it. Time to attack Iraq again. I've... I don't know about you guys. I've never heard of multiple food processing plants or distribution centers, like, starting on fire, much less burning down, much less exploding, uh, but also within, what, eight weeks or something, I guess, is the claim. So... I did some brief research before commenting on it last night, and it turns out that fires at this type of a business aren't uncommon, but the overwhelming majority of them, when they find out the root cause, arson. Mm. Sounds right. So I was able to come up with a, a different list than the one that I had last night, and these are the 10 most recent ones starting in February of... This year, February 16th, Lewis Dreyfus reports a fire at uh, a soy processing plant, Claypool, Indiana. February 22nd, seven injured in an explosion at Shearer's Food Plant in Hermiston, Oregon. Uh, March 19th, uh, fire uh, 50,000 pounds of food destroyed after fire ripped through Maricopa, Arizona Food Pantry. March 19th, fire destroys Walmart Distribution Center, Plainfield, Indiana. March 24th, a massive potato processing plant fire burns in Belfast, Maine. Uh, March 31st, a warehouse fire at a large fresh onion packaging facility, Rio Fresh in South Texas. Uh, April 11th, uh, this one's local to us, crews battled fire for 16 hours at East Conway Beef and Pork in New Hampshire. Mm. Uh, April 13th, plane crashes into Idaho potato and food processing plant. April 14th, Taylor Farms Packaging Building in Salinas, California deemed a total loss. I'm assuming because of fire. I don't have the actual cause in front of me. And then uh, April 19th, fire destroyed Azure Standard Headquarters in Oregon, the largest independent food distributor in the U.S. I'm familiar with that one, having lived on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Some people hear preppers and they think of uh, what was the old uh, History Channel show, Extreme Preppers or right, whatever yeah. you know
1: that was. Underground bunker
0: filled uh, with food. When, when I lived in the Seattle, Washington area, I had, mm, I, I will call it prep, right? I had both camping gear for should I need to flee to the hills or something like that, but I also had uh, some shelter-in-place gear because... Well, I lived in an earthquake zone, Mm. right? So it's smart to keep, like, a three-day supply of food and water and, you know, just whatever you need to survive for three days. You know, make sure you have that available. And then if you want to, you know, prepare for a longer-term event. So if you've had any reservations about preparing for such a thing... Uh, you might revisit those thoughts mm-hmm. with this in mind because you're right. Regardless as to whether or not there's some court kind of conspiracy going on or if it's sheer coincidence, uh, the effects are going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Folks have been predicting food shortages for quite some time in the advent of what they call just-in-time distribution. makes the ecosystem even more fragile to events like this. So, But cheaper on average. What? i, I-
1: Go ahead. What, no, what do what do you mean cheaper on average? Because the alternative to just in time inventory system. Oh, I see. Is I to see. warehouse yeah. everything. Yeah. Right. And then you have to pay to warehouse everything. Yeah. And then stock that goes bad in the warehouse. Guess what? That cost gets absorbed into the price you're paying at retail.
2: You also have the people that um you know they're they're like oh I'm a prepper and um basically all they have is like a couple weeks worth of food and like a. Uh, and thirty or forty thousand rounds of ammunition, and they're like you know a couple hundred pounds overweight um and they've never gardened a day before in their lives and uh you know the, you have to like take into account those other things too if you've never gardened before, even if you have a small backyard, you know just plant a couple seeds in the ground i i I did it um i I planted some uh uh pinto beans, and I figured out a lot of trial and error with it and um and even if you're not growing these. Uh, giant fields or whatever in, in your backyard, that's fine. Just getting a little bit of that experience under your belt is is definitely very, very important, especially as time goes on and we continue to see uh, the elites basically try to clamp down on our throats. Yeah,
0: and the other thing that I'll say, like, some people are just, maybe they're an apartment dweller or they just hate dirt or whatever, right? So right. Some people are going to be averse to guard. Make sure you develop some sort of skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, or some other thing that you can barter Mm -hmm. uh, in a situation, whether it's carpentry skills, whether it's, I don't know, brewing, distilling, that type of a thing. I'm going to learn to be a trapper. Um, Figuring out how to dry
2: goods, right, long-term storage, people will need that. I had a friend who uh, went into engineering because uh, essentially he's a prepper, and he figured that uh, long-term that would be a very marketable skill to have.
0: You'll be back sometime, right? You're not going to stay in California?
3: Oh no 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 no! Right. I call am off going the rescue mission. Like four weeks.
2: They they took off uh, one vegan and replaced you with another.
3: Really? Yep. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a second to, to figure out what you were saying. Yeah. Inzestin, aren't you from California?
2: Indeed, I am. Unfortunately, it was not a good trade. I'm yep. yeah. so, just saying.
3: So. It, so it appears we kind of switched places here.
2: Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, but I'm a I'm a pure-blooded Granite stater now. My pronouns are officially "live free it, or die." So uh, that's
3: awesome.
0: I, I do want to talk about my pronoun, but not while we have Nikki. on we'll talk about that after Nikki has said what she came to say. Nikki, you wanted to say something very specific, didn't you? What What is it? Yeah. So I well,
3: I wanted to share the. experience experience I've had with California thus far, because this is my first time being here. Um, Mm. Before I left, a lot of my friends in the Liberty community had some, you know, very serious concerns with me coming here. Yeah, so, so I came out here to to work at a birth center. So I'm more here for work stuff, which is why I'm out here for two months. But there were some things that really surprised me about California
2: in New Hampshire, we're a very, very fiscally conservative people here. Um, Basically, the average New Hampshire resident is going like line by line and double checking what the New Hampshire government is doing. Meanwhile, there was a um, there is a passenger rail boondoggle project that they were trying to do that was apportioned for, I believe, about $35 billion. And over the course of 12 years, they uh, charged $100 billion for it. Um, and I was telling my mom this and and she's in like in California, right, right California. yeah, and she was like what i i didn't even know that they started and and they were already a hundred billion dollars in, and so it's just not a culture of uh you know keeping up to uh what the government finances do, so they can charge as much uh Income taxes they want, as much sales tax as they want, and uh, if you own any property there, you know how bad the property taxes mm-hmm. are. Everyone complains about the New Hampshire ones, but I feel like I died and went to heaven moving here. On the property um, tax? Yes, on the property tax. Okay. And and that's not even including the fact that I don't have to pay anything in sales tax or anything in income tax. Um, so it's really just a matter of different cultures. Like, like, like we were saying, um, day-to-day people... Uh, tend to have a common experience, but uh, as you can as you can tell there, that cashier was just very quick to just shrug it off. I mean, you know, oh, that's yeah. that's how it is.
3: I'm in this weird stage where it feels like I've been here for an eternity, but it also feels like I just got like I can't believe that I've already been here for a month. It feels like so strange.
2: It's the California time warp. Yeah, that's how I felt living there, yeah. especially when I was leading up to wanting to move. It was like I'm I'm never leaving this place. It's just it's never ending.
3: You're like I can't believe I've been here for like 25 years already. Oh, it's
2: the it's the Hotel California. You could check out any time yeah. you like, but you can never leave.
3: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Like, I totally get why people live here. It's beautiful. It's warm. You know, you got the coast, the beaches, but
1: but it's California.
3: It's just something, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's it's really made me appreciate my home. It's really made me appreciate the Northeast and New Hampshire specifically.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to be visiting a a family in August and my wife's looking forward to it. I'm quite frankly dreading it. Um, And I have a feeling that when I'm actually there and when I realize, Oh, well I'm disarmed, I'm having to pay these 8%. uh, You, you mentioning that gave me some real PTSD. Um,
3: Yeah. (laughs)
2: uh, It's crazy. Yeah. No, seriously. Um, and uh, it'll really give me an appreciation of uh, of being out here. So I'm sorry that you're having to go through that.
0: I first wanted to point out what the definition of pronoun is. This is just uh, from, I think it's from dictionary.com, a word that can function by itself as a noun phrase and that refers to either the participants in the discourse, I-G-I-U, or to someone or something mentioned elsewhere in the discourse, e.g., she, it, or. Or this. Which is why I just say proper
1: nouns, and then you avoid this whole pronoun catastrophe. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Uh, And this is not an amateur noun. You know, it's not a semi-pronoun, right? They're not in, like, the minor leagues or anything. This is a proper pronoun. It's American nouns, not the Canadian nouns, the (laughs) European nouns. But also, because of the creativity, um, I decided that I was going to use an abbreviation of... What is it could be one word or two words, depending on how you look at it. And it's in its non-abbreviated form is a word I cannot say on radio. Ooh. However, in its abbreviated form, I can totally say it on radio. <laughs> how is that even a thing? Right? So so I know that's a big lead up to, to what it is, but my here here we are, drum roll, please. My preferred pronoun is MoFo. Oh, Oh, all right. M-O-F-O. That's M as in Michael, O, F as in Frank, O. 10,000 lakes. I was off by a factor of 10. I knew Minnesota was known for their number of lakes. I just didn't recall the actual number. So my apologies to any Minnesotans out there. Oh, you betcha. Yeah. (laughs) To me, uh, growing up in Wisconsin, there's not a lot of difference between the uh, Illinois, the Wisconsin, the uh, Iowa... Uh, The Minnesota, that's all kind of the same accent to me. Mm. And it's um,
1: almost Canadian. Uh,
0: kind of. Kind of. Except there's no boot. It's not a boot. Okay. It's, it's mm. about. Okay. Right? Like, it's specifically pronounced in a non-Canadian way to, like, differentiate them. Mm. But my favorite uh, Wisconsinisms are, oh, yeah, don't you know, dare hey? <laughs> like, dare hey, d e r space h-e-y don't ask it's just like a a way to end your your statements you know richie rich uh, had a particularly bad episode of free talk live there hey oh wow and it's just i don't even it doesn't really have a meaning it's just a way to like it's almost like cb radio talk when you're like Mm -hmm. uh, and blah 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 blah," over right it's Mm. almost like that where it's like i passed the turn to speak to you Mm. you know so dare hey is one of those things um and then Don't You Know. Oh, yeah, Don't You Know.
2: Ah, uh, that one I've heard before. Yeah,
0: don't, but it's like pronounced D-O-N-C-H-A, Yeah, don't ya?
2: That like. seems like a Canadian thing, though, too.
0: The headline is, How Democracies Spy on Their Citizens, The Inside Story of the World's Most Notorious Commercial Spyware and the Big Tech Companies Waging War Against It. This is from April 18th. The Parliament of Catalonia, the autonomous region in Spain, sits on the edge of Barcelona's old city in the remains of a fortified citadel constructed by King Philip V. That's probably the 5th to monitor <laughs> Roman numerals, right? I'm not Roman, what do I know? Oh, okay.
2: You're the titles guy, come on.
0: Yeah. Uh oh, I wonder I wonder if I should put like an i. Mm, at yeah, the, at the first. The first. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh I'm going to skip a bunch of this. Uh, because it's just really lead up to... That's what I do with uh, New York articles. <laughs> yeah, something about something, uh, blah, blah, blah. In 2017, as Catalonia prepared for a referendum on independence, Spanish police arrested at least 12 separatist politicians. On the day of the referendum, which received the support of 99%, I'm sorry, 90% of voters despite low turnout, police raids of polling stations injured hundreds of civilians. Bail. Leaders of the independence movement, some of whom live in exile across Europe, now meet in private and communicate through encrypted messaging platforms. One afternoon last month, Jordi Sole, a pro-independence member of the European Parliament, met a digital security researcher, uh, Elias Campo, in one of the Catalan Parliament's ornate chambers. Pegasus is useful for law enforcement seeking criminals or for authoritarians looking to quash dissent. Soleil had been hacked in the weeks before he joined the European Parliament, replacing a colleague who had been imprisoned for pro independence activities. There's been a clear political and judicial persecution of people and elected representatives, Soleil told me, by using these dirty things, these dirty methodologies. In Catalonia, more than 60 phones owned by Catalan politicians, lawyers, and activists in Spain and across Europe have been targeted using Pegasus. This is the largest forensically documented cluster of such attacks and infections on record. Mm. Among the victims are three members of the European Parliament, including Sole. Catalan politicians believe that the likely perpetrators of the hacking campaign are Spanish officials, and the Citizens Lab analysis suggests that the Spanish government had used Pegasus. A former NSO employee confirmed that the company has an account in Spain. Government agencies, of course, did not respond to requests for comment. The results of the Citizens Lab investigation are being disclosed for the first time in this article. I spoke with more than 40 of the targeted individuals, and the conversations revealed an atmosphere of paranoia and mistrust. Soleil said that well kind-
1: placed. If they're confirmed to having
4: been hacked, have you ever heard of the planet called Hadron?
0: Hadron, ex-
4: yeah, Hadron, and it's it's the the word hedonic comes from that planet. How do you spell so it? It's a, um, H-E, uh, hadron. hadron.
0: Okay, got you. I've never heard of it. You guys, you I've know. heard of Capex. What, what about no, Hadron? But,
4: um, well, I mean, they became the word hedonic means like sense gratification, like pleasure right, oriented. Like right. Yeah, hed- hedonic and then became so hedonic that they actually blew the whole planet up from a uh, nuclear fission, a nuclear war. And it blew up the whole planet. Now it is um now it is a uh, orbit. Now they have just like a trace uh, like a you know, like a orbit that but it was the closest like planet to planet? the Earth. Well, it's, uh, it's like like those, those like debris that is just uh, a okay. what well, asteroid belt? That's what they call it. But it's, it. it's a it's a yeah asteroid belt that's around the planet, and it blew itself up. And what's interesting about this is that um, supposedly one third of the the souls were deemed um, to be uh, to save. So they reincarnated incarnated in the earth, and they came as uh, as Jewish people.
0: I don't know anything about this website, the Summit L- Lighthouse Ascended Master Free Encyclopedia. They so they co opted the Wikipedia.
1: It looks style. exactly
0: like Wikipedia. Like I thought it was Wikipedia until That's I they scrutinized and I'm like, Wait, hey, this isn't Wikipedia. Good thing they can't hide their real
2: URL anymore. It's the off brand Wikipedia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the new New England version, Wikipedia. <laughs> it's totally Trademark. wicked. Trademark. car around the corner. It's wicked. It's wicked strange. All right. Let's uh let's go back to talking about the uh software. The mm. end of democracy and how right. democracies use spyware. So commercial spyware has grown into an industry estimated to be worth $12 billion so far.
1: Is it really spyware anymore, though? Like, I I feel that the average person gives up all their information voluntarily, and you don't really need to spy on so many people anymore.
2: I think it depends on what you mean by voluntarily. I mean, mean, putting
1: all your information into Twitter and Facebook and sharing every little detail about what you had for dinner last night on social media.
2: But there are certain things that I think most people don't think about like for example when they're looking stuff up on google sure we all know this stuff because we've looked into it but i think that when people are searching things up on google they're not thinking oh there's this algorithm that's tracking my each and every move
0: the first rule of the internet was and in my opinion still is don't put your real information online yeah it was was and to me
1: always is the first rule of the internet that's why us old people have handles right like you just knew that guy by his handle Not because he ID verified with the company and only is allowed to put his real name on there.
0: Yeah. So uh, commercial spyware has grown into an industry estimated to be worth $12 billion. It is largely unregulated and increasingly controversial. In recent years, investigations by Citizen Lab and Amnesty International have revealed the presence of Pegasus on the phones of politicians, activists, dissidents under repressive regimes, an analysis by Forensic Architecture, a research group at the University of London, has linked Pegasus to 300 acts of physical violence. It has been used to target members of Rwanda's opposition party and journalists exposing corruption in El Salvador. In Mexico, it appeared on the phones of several people close to the reporter Javier Valdez-Cardenas, who was murdered after investigating drug cartels. Around the time that Prince Mohammed... Uh, Mohammed bin Salman of Saudi Arabia approved the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. I'm not sure if I'm Khashoggi. Pro- Khashoggi thank mm. you. A longtime critic, Pegasus was allegedly used to monitor phones belonging to Khashoggi's associates, possibly facilitating the killing. NSO Group is perhaps the most successful, controversial, and influential firm in a generation of Israeli startups that have made the country the center of the spyware industry. I first interviewed Shalev Julio, NSO Group CEO, in 2019, and then I have had access to NSO Group's staff, offices, and technology. The company is in a state of contradiction and crisis. Its programmers speak with pride about the use of their software in criminal investigations. NSO claims that Pegasus is sold only to law enforcement and intelligence agencies, but also... Of the illicit thrill of compromising technology platforms. The company has been valued at more than a billion dollars. And I just want to comment on that because, like, as a guy who's done tech support, software QA, uh, and a little bit of, uh, we'll call it telephony program systems programming, yeah. uh, system admin type stuff, Um there is a thrill to be found in solving a problem, right? Mm-hmm. You encounter a thing and you figure out, or even a workaround. You're like, well, until our developers can you know, write a patch for that, we've created this workaround for you. There's a thrill in that. What I don't get is the thrill that somebody who works for a spyware company would get on subverting somebody's freedoms. Earlier in the program... We had mentioned, uh, Zephan had mentioned, the
2: anniversary of something called the Pine Tree Riot. Right. So this year is actually the 250th anniversary of the Pine Tree Riot, and Americans for Prosperity put on an event today. It had a... Seemed like about 150 people there, quite quite a few state reps and uh, about three state senators. But So about- in
0: my mind, knowing nothing about a pine tree riot, right. for example, I, I I, think of pine trees suddenly coming to life. <laughs> and like, you know, I don't know, throwing uh, Molotov cocktails and turning over police cars. Furs and, will not replace us. <laughs> you know, it's, the, riot,
2: the pine trees are rioting. Okay. What what is a pine tree riot? So to give essentially uh, the Cliff Notes version of it, um, back back in the day, um, but when the New England colonies were under British control, um, the Parliament essentially made an edict uh, stating that all. Uh, trees that were above 24 inches were the default property of england so all and, trees yeah well well no so that's that's the thing uh that and and so this law was actually not enforced but um because you know for whatever reason but then as time went on um they they lowered the threshold to be uh 12 inches and so this um historians actually say was the first spark that uh began the american revolution right 1772 obviously you know everybody thinks 1776 yeah this um you know because the first thing that people say is the boston massacre right but the but the people from the boston massacre were actually inspired by this and if you see uh If you see those flags that have the uh, pine tree on it and then underneath it says appeal to heaven. When I first saw those, I thought that that was a sort of a religious reference. But um, but no, it's actually a reference to uh, to this to this event, uh, to the pine tree. Right. So
0: how does a couple of guys beating a sheriff turn like how do they get the term riot involved?
2: Um, Because essentially the um, the the deputy sheriff, um, didn't enforce the law, basically saying like, oh, these people were a threat to my safety and, you uh, know, very similar to what I we I feared hear today. for my life. Yeah, right. I feared for my life. And so, uh, the, the king wasn't able to enforce his, his edict. He wasn't able to get, uh, um, to, to punish these people for, uh, um, and, and to be fair, like just so that people have a greater picture, some people, Did comply, but the people that didn't comply were the ones that were actually punished the least. So um, for every violation of the uh, um, of of that law, basically, there was a 50 pound uh, um, punishment.
4: I'm here to talk about Bruce Fenton. Bruce
2: Bruce Fenton Fenton
4: is running for New Hampshire Senate. He believes in freedom, Bitcoin and less government and more comic books.
0: Nice. More
4: you can learn
3: books. more about him at BruceFenton.com.
0: I have heard that, that he is running, and uh, I see some folks on my social media talking about him. Are you guys aware? Yeah,
2: Bruce Fenton's based. I love him. Not a clue. Yeah, and I, I, I do like another candidate that's running, though. His name's uh, Jeremy Kaufman. Oh, uh, yeah. He's also running for... U.S. Senate. Um, are they running for the same office, or is he running? Is they, 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 running are, they are. They okay. are both running for the same office. Oh, okay. so there's, there's but,
0: competition amongst freedom-loving ooh. people for the same but, seat. But this not happening but, in
2: your state. Well, but this is the primary. So okay. right now, the fight is to make sure that Bruce Fenton uh, gets the spot of um, of being the Republican choice uh, for for mm. Senate. Um and once once that happens, we'll see. But I'm I'm all in on Jeremy Kaufman's uh, Senate run until then because war is gay. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> is he way. running
1: as is Jeremy running as Republican? He's running
2: moment? under the LP.
1: Oh okay, so you can support Bruce and Jeremy up until the
2: general. Yep, that's my plan.
0: You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes. Subscribe to our podcast. Listen live and more all for free at freetalklive.com.